0: Did you know that Joe Biden is more conservative than Donald Trump? This thought had never occurred to me. But it apparently did occur to the former Republican Senator Jeff Flake, who was on speaking to uh, CNN, Christian Amanpour, who Drew Clavin calls Christiane Amanpour journalist. And he made the bold claim. This is a claim that echoes the same sort of sentiments we've heard from the never Trumpers. There are like three of them left in America who say Trump is not a real conservative. So much so that they're now saying that this doddering old shell of a man who supports abortion on demand up until birth by taxpayer expense and suing nuns and uh, forcing mandates on everybody, that that guy is more conservative than your favorite president, Donald Trump.
1: Well, conservatives believe in uh, preserving and conserving, you know, institutions uh, to preserve what we know works. And the institutions of American democracy are freedom of the press, for example, or Uh, separation of powers, independent judiciary. And the president has shown that uh, he either little understands or little appreciates uh, these institutions. So I'm not pretending that uh, Joe Biden is co- as a conservative as I am on fiscal issues and whatnot, but uh, but on those important issues of American democracy, uh, frankly, he's more conservative than the president is.
0: Donald Trump doesn't appreciate freedom of the press, probably the most transparent administration we've had, certainly in my lifetime, probably in over 100 years. Donald Trump doesn't appreciate separation of powers, the most federalist constitutional president we've had in my lifetime. Something tells me that Jeff Flake and many other people, not only on the left, but a few on the right as well, don't appreciate how corrupt our press has become and how little separation of powers there is in our government. We will get into the true meaning of conservatism. I'm Michael Knowles, this is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday came from Carl, who said, my favorite saying about statistics came from one of my statistics professors. Statistics are like bikinis. What they reveal is enticing. What they hide is essential. That is a profound statement about statistics. We'll get into statistics a little bit too, because I think conservatives should not play around with those statistics. Those statistics can be very dangerous things because statistics themselves are progressive statistics themselves are left wing. They are a creation of the left only about a hundred years ago, which we will get into. Is Joe Biden more conservative than Donald Trump? Hard to say that he's older He's old. He's an old guy. Is that what you mean by conservative, that he's older? Some people believe that, but that's not all conservatism is. We've been having these debates certainly since 2016 at a a large scale, but we've been having them for much much longer than that. What does it mean to be conservative? Something tells me what Jeff Flake means by conservative is not the same view that would have been shared by John Adams or George Washington or Edmund Burke or other, other people in the conservative tradition. What does it mean? If we elect Joe Biden, we are electing the representative of a political party that is calling for violence throughout the country. There was a a quick smattering of this put together that, that was going around Twitter yesterday. The actual clip goes on for several minutes, just a little taste of that conservative political party we'd be putting into power. I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. Enemies of the state.
1: Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful.
0: Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless. When they go low, we kick can- How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? Biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right, up to the right. I thought he should have punched him in the face. I said, even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murderers. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. You would well, have been a hero. I'd like to punch him in the face. I said, if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Punch some people in the face.
1: When was the last time an actor assassinated a president?
0: Notice here how seamlessly it moves from the politicians to the appointed officials like Attorney General Eric Holder who said when they go low we kick them," to the mainstream media, the news media, to Hollywood, back to the elected politicians, Joe Biden himself. Notice how seamlessly it all moves because it's all part of the same thing. How's that for a free press? How's that for separation of powers? What are they all calling for? Violence, violence in the streets punching people, disregarding the rule of law. Is that conservative? Of course. I mean, by definition, that's not conservative. You're tearing the country down. So what do we mean by conservative? We'll get to that in one second. First though, got to thank our friends over at Ancestry. You know, it's a very cool thing to learn about your family origins. I really have loved it even since before the Daily Wire existed. And I've trusted Ancestry. So you can map out your cool family tree and everything. You can find ancestors you didn't know you had. And then an ancestry DNA test tells you where your ancestors are from. And Ancestry's billions of records and millions of family trees let you discover their personal stories. You could find a famous relative. You could maybe find a photo of your great grandma as a little girl. One thing I always like since we started the show and since since Ancestry has been supporting the show, I'll get messages on Ancestry from listeners who it turns out were like 12th cousins or something like that. Because you can you can find all these things on Ancestry. I love it. I think if you're a history buff. If you're interested in conserving things, if you're interested in tradition, there's no better hobby to get into. It will reveal not just the history of the country, the history maybe of whatever country your family's from. It will reveal your own personal family history. You can pinpoint specific regions that people came from. It's just tremendously cool to look at it and it informs your own view of yourself. Start exploring your family story today. Head over to my URL, which is Ancestry.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. To get your Ancestry DNA kit, start your free trial, Ancestry.com slash Knowles. Obviously nothing conservative about wanting to tear the country down, but you might say, oh Michael, Come on, you're pointing to these crazy leftists like Nancy Pelosi, who just caught, got caught in a big lie herself. We'll get to that in one second. You're talking about these crazy leftists like that Stranger Things guy out of Hollywood. You're not talking about old Joe Biden, old Scranton Joe, old Amtrak Joe. Oh, he's great. He's just my fun, nice little uncle. Well, for one, we did hear Joe Biden in that montage of people calling for unrest for people calling to take to the streets. But also, does anybody really think that if Joe Biden is elected president, he's going to be the one calling the shots? Talk about separation of powers. Joe Biden, again yesterday, because it was a day that ended in Y, on the few days that his handlers allow him to broadcast outside of his basement, he had another big error. Joe Biden was giving his typically soaring rhetoric in an interview with a local NBC affiliate, take a listen to his oratory.
1: What's the president doing? Look, look, Venezuela's top line message is President Trump's policy is an abject failure.
0: That's the top line message for those of you who are not familiar with teleprompters or with, with political notes, sometimes you'll see the top line message. That's the point you've got to drive home, but that's not, you don't say the top line message. That's the part that you keep quiet and keep in your head unless you don't know what to say. You've forgotten how to conduct politics. You're not really in control of your rational faculties and you're just reading off of a teleprompter, which is obviously what Joe Biden is doing. He's not able even to form these sentences. And it's funny because now, you know, the left always projects. So whatever is true of them, they just throw on to the other political party. Yesterday, they were, they were trying to suggest that Trump had a cognitive decline or he'd had a stroke or some, something crazy like that. Regardless of what you think about Trump, r- r- I, you might hate him. You might hate his policies. You might be a conservative and hate him because there are disagreements among conservatives. One thing we're talking about today. You can't say the guy is senile. The guy will get up and give a three hour speech without a teleprompter and he'll keep the audience engaged for the whole thing. In fact, he keeps the audience more engaged without a teleprompter than he does with a teleprompter, but certainly he can read a teleprompter. The same cannot be said of Joe Biden. Whether you like Joe Biden or you hate Joe Biden, the guy is obviously in decline. And so if you elect him, what are you electing? You're electing the democratic party apparatus, which far from a separation of powers is this liberal establishment connected to the media, connected to the universities, connected to Hollywood, connected to big technology, connected obviously to the party itself. And they are pushing a radical message that involves violence in the streets, that involves tearing down our institutions and our statues and the great men that those statues represent. There is nothing conservative about that at all. And the guy representing that party is not all there. So how else are they trying to take this election away? The way, the other way, I think if you look at the polls, Joe Biden did not get the bump he was trying to get out of picking Kamala Harris. Joe Biden did not get the bump he was trying to get out of the DNC. Donald Trump did get a bit of a bump, particularly among voters that Democrats need, particularly black voters. So they're just trying to steal it at this point. This is, a report from a uh, Bloomberg-funded poll group here. Uh, This is funded by, Bloomberg is currently working for a bunch of pro-Biden super PACs. Trump may win election night, but Joe Biden will win days later because of mail-in votes. I have been telling you that this could happen for weeks now. Ever since they established this regime of nationwide mail-in votes, you know, widespread mail-in votes, 80 to 100 million people expected to vote by mail. That's how you steal elections. The reason we have election day, the reason you have to go to a polling place, the reason in sane states that you have to show an ID to vote is so that we can have ballot security and protect the integrity of our ballots. Because by the way, if people forge a couple ballots or harvest ballots that should not have been harvested. then they cancel out your vote, right? They cancel out the legitimate vote of other people. So you could have a situation where on election night, it looks like Trump's going to win because one, Republicans are more likely to go outside of their homes. They don't blindly believe the authority that's changed its tune on coronavirus every 15 minutes for the past six months. They're more willing to go out there and Republicans tend not to steal elections in the way that Democrats are stealing elections. So you could have a, a Trump tsunami on election night, And then two weeks later say, ah, no, the mail-ins, oh, that truck of mail-ins came in, you know, that one with the Biden bumper sticker on it. Yeah. So it turns out Biden's actually the president. Well, that's obviously illegitimate, but this is what is being pushed by Josh Mendelssohn, CEO of Hawkfish, which is this group funded by Bloomberg. His firm is predicting a red mirage. That's what they're going to call it when Trump wins the election, because they know at this point it's looking very good for Trump. Right now, if you look not just even at the polls, but at the betting odds. On Real Clear Politics, who's winning the, who's winning where people are actually putting money down on the line? Trump has a one tenth of a percentage point edge, not a huge edge. It's basically a dead heat, but they're giving the edge to Trump there over in Las Vegas. So, if you're in that kind of situation where where Biden has lost a major lead, Trump is coming back up. Now, what they're going to try to do is steal it. Is that conservative? Depends what era we're. It's conservative in the sense of going back to the Democratic Party's roots in community organizing and Tammany Hall and political corruption, but it's not conservative in trying to preserve the uh, good regime that the founders established. By the way, by the way, that whole mail-in-ballot regime that's going to try to steal these this election is based on the idea that you're not allowed to go outside because you'll die of the coronavirus. People are dropping like flies from coronavirus even though only 6% of deaths are directly attributable to coronavirus exclusively attributable to coronavirus that forget about that don't worry everyone's at risk even though the median age of a coronavirus victim is older than the life expectancy in the united states you forget about that healthy people need to wear masks and stay home and never go outside and mail in your ballots it'll all be fine after november 3rd well it turns out the people pushing all that bs don't believe it themselves secret security camera footage. This is my favorite story the whole day. Secret security camera footage from San Francisco now shows Nancy Pelosi, the highest ranking democratic official in the country, walking into a closed hair salon. Remember they closed all the businesses because COVID is going to kill us all. Walking into that hair salon without a mask to get her private hair appointment because she should be allowed to get haircuts, just not all those dirty hoi polloi who have to stay at home until election day so we can continue fear mongering. The amazing video shows you got someone in here, you got an employee probably wearing a mask. Then here comes Nancy wearing a robe, no mask on the employee behind her also wearing a mask. Nancy doesn't need it though. And Nancy, by the way, is in the high risk category for coronavirus. And she's one of the people more than anyone pushing the hysteria in this country on the lockdowns. But she doesn't believe it, which I've been telling you for months. None of the people pushing this nonsense believe it. It's only the lemmings who follow along. So what's it all about? It's pretty clear what it's all about. It's all about the election. It's all about who we hire to be our next president. Speaking of hiring, how's that for a segue? Got to thank our friends over at ZipRecruiter. You know, hiring right now on your own without assistance is really, really hard. It's hard to do it. ZipRecruiter makes it so much easier. Sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job sites, but they don't just stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. This to me is the game changer here because it's not just throwing spaghetti at the wall. It's, it's not even just looking at the people who have applied, it's going out there finding the right candidates for you. Time is money in hiring. It's very hard to find the right person. ZipRecruiter makes it efficient and effective. They've got screening questions to filter candidates. They've got an all-in-one dashboard where you can review and rate your candidates. It's so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate, not just any candidate, a quality candidate within the first day. Now, unfortunately, we have a couple Daily Wire employees here that we hired before we knew, we really knew about ZipRecruiter. And that's too bad. We're dealing with that now. Don't make our mistake, okay? Right now, ZipRecruiter, you can try it for free. My listeners can go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Knowles, ZipRecruiter.com slash Knowles, ZipRecruiter.com slash Knowles. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. So of course, Pelosi doesn't believe this herself. Uh, Bill de Blasio, when he shut down the gyms in New York, he didn't shut down his gym. Well, he did. He shut it down for everybody but himself. And he got caught and he said, well, I got to look good. I got to work out. Mayor of Chicago went and got a haircut after she tut- cut down the salons. And what was her excuse? She said, oh, I need a haircut. I, I'm, I'm a clean person. I'm a public facing person. Well, yeah, not like all oh, you dirty people, you, you dirty constituents of mine, you don't get to go to the hair salon just me this whole thing this coronavirus lockdown from the very beginning has been a nakedly political non-scientific power grab that's all it is no separation of power is there it is a grab by the ruling class the people who want to tell you how to live your life and who have no business doing it fortunately some courageous conservative politicians in the country not all so-called conservative politicians but some of the courageous ones are pushing back on this. In particular, Ron DeSantis in Florida, showing tremendous leadership during this whole coronavirus pandemic. It's funny because they give all the credit to Andy Cuomo, who's the worst governor in America on coronavirus, whose policies killed thousands of elderly New Yorkers. And then they always castigate Ron DeSantis in Florida, who's done an amazing job and whose policies have defied all the doomsday predictions. So Ron DeSantis comes out, he's talking about the coronavirus policies and he makes an emphatic statement that should be a litmus test for every Republican politician in this country. He said, we are never going to do these kinds of lockdowns again. We understand what we need to do, uh, but, but we will never do any of these lockdowns um, again. And I hear people say they'll shut down the country And honestly, I cringe because we know places that have done that. The most draconian lockdown in the world has been Peru, military-enforced since March. They have the highest per capita mortality in the world from COVID. And at best, what a lockdown will do is delay. It does not reduce the ultimate uh, mortality, but I think Dr. Alice would agree it creates a lot of other problems uh, with mortality that uh, that a lot of people don't necessarily focus on. So much information packed into that statement. One, you get the, the top line message, which is we're never going to do these lockdowns again. These sort, does that mean we can, ha- we can never have any kind of quarantine policies if there's some truly awful pandemic? No, of course not. But we're not doing this again. We're not shutting down the world over the flu again. So then he moves on from there. He says, There's no evidence that the lockdowns help. We talked about this yesterday on the show. Actually, there's a study that was just published by Revolver yesterday that shows that the lockdowns were 10 times deadlier than the virus itself in terms of human life years lost. Obviously true. There's no evidence that the lockdowns are particularly effective. The most draconian lockdowns in the world are Peru. Peru has a terrible experience with coronavirus, a country that basically stayed open the whole time Sweden. We were predicted this was going to completely destroy the Swedish population. What happened? They're doing a lot better in many ways, than their neighbors. So those predictions, none of those came true. And then he brings it back to the philosophical point of it, to the, the actual purpose of the lockdown. What was the purpose of the lockdowns? Was it to save lives? It wasn't actually, not really. It was to save lives that that could needlessly have been lost had we overwhelmed the hospital system. But we never came close to that. The purpose of the lockdowns was to flatten the curve, not find a cure, flatten the curve, flatten the curve below the capacity of the hospital system so that you didn't have this situation where people are dying on the street because there just weren't enough beds in the hospitals, for instance, weren't enough nurses to go around. We never got even close to that, not even in New York, which in part because of Andrew Cuomo's terrible policies was hit the worst. We had the Javits Center Emergency Hospital basically completely empty. We had that uh, hospital ship that was sent by the federal government basically empty, unneeded. So none of the arguments for these lockdowns turned out to be true. What happens when circumstances change, when new evidence presents itself? Well, good politicians adapt to that and base their policies on that. And power-hungry cynics who are interested in nothing but the, the amassing of their own power, even at the expense of destroying the country, like Joe Biden, like Nancy Pelosi, like the entire Democratic Party, they don't change their mind because they're cynical about politics and it's its not even that they're liars, it's that they just don't care about the truth, not one way or the other. What, what DeSantis is doing, which by the way was criticized by some of those egghead conservative politicians, you know, the ones who, they're very sophisticated, they're fancy, they're Republicans, but they're not that kind of Republican. Oh, they're sensible. They listen to statistics. they 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 love the experts. Please don't lump me in with those crazy people like Ron DeSantis. Well, DeSantis was right. The courageous conservative leadership was right. And the eggheads who followed along with the liberal establishment were completely wrong. So who's the real conservative here? You know, I got such a kick in 2016 when Mitt Romney, who is a liberal who invented Obamacare, decided to lecture Donald Trump on not being a real conservative. Mitt Romney, whose entire family comes from the liberal wing of the Republican party, right? Goes all the way back to his father who ran for president as a liberal Republican. Mitt Romney carrying on that tradition. What is a real conservative? What does that mean? You know, I guess if you asked Mitt Romney or Jeff Flake, right, Jeff Flake put these economic questions first. I guess being a good conservative is giving corporations whatever they want and always reducing barriers to trade, even if it hurts American workers, and making a lot of money and serving mammon and not thinking about anything else. Is that what's conservative? I mean, Mitt Romney said he was very pro-choice, remember, when he was running against Ted Kennedy for that Senate seat. He said that he wasn't a conservative during the time of Reagan-Bush. He didn't support Reagan-Bush. He was an independent during Reagan-Bush. Don't call me a conservative. But for, for them, now that they pretend to be the real conservatives, basically just boils down to making more money for, for at least some people. Donald Trump, on the other hand, who's considered not a real conservative by those segments of the right, well, he does things a little bit differently. He will, go, he will do something that in the 90s and 2000s, you weren't allowed to do as a conservative. He will criticize... Corporations. Take a listen. Corporations have given an enormous amount of money and the tens of millions, or maybe hundreds of millions, to Black Lives be- because Matter, they're weak. which is all over a lot of these protests. Sure. That's so be- what does that mean about these corporations? Why are they paying that money
1: out, Mr. Because President? they're weak people, led by weak people, in many cases, not all corporations. What does that mean, are? they're weak people? I looked people. at numbers where one company is giving hundreds of millions of dollars. When you say they're weak, what do you mean? Explain because that. they just do what's the easiest path. That's not the easy path. That's a very dangerous path. Black Lives Matter is a Marxist organization. You remember pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon. That was the first time I ever heard of Black Lives Matter. I said, that's a terrible name. It's so discriminatory. It's bad for black people. It's bad for everybody. And all of a sudden, it becomes like sort of, although now, if you look, it's going way down because people are tired of this stuff, what's going on. The Black Lives Matter. If you look at what's going on with the bats and the there a lot of thugs running of through thuggery. DC last night. Oh, it's terrible what's going on. But Black Lives Matter came into existence walking down the street screaming pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon, and that was about police officers that was representing police.
0: What Trump is saying here is that there is nothing conservative about allowing corporations to partner with communists. Makes perfect sense to me. There's a segment of the right that would pretend to be the real conservatives, not like that terrible Donald Trump who's not conservative at all. That, that segment of the right would say, letting corporations do whatever they want, that's the most conservative principle. We can't have any barrier to, to their economic success. We can't have any barrier to their profits. GDP is the only measurement of how conservative a country is. That's right. We got, even if they're taking advantage of a lot of legal loopholes. Oh, you're partnering with BLM self-described Marxists tearing down statues of George Washington. Gosh, George Washington would love that. Oh, you'd be making Abraham Lincoln so proud. Yes, burn the country some more as long as you make the almighty dollar. That's not a compelling argument. Trump realizes that that is total BS, that a lot of what has been considered conservative orthodoxy for the past, I don't know, 30 years, 30, 40 years is just ridiculous. And there's this idea that cropped up in the 80s that among really think tank people and kind of conservative, you know, libertarians who then became a huge influence, if not the dominant influence in the conservative movement Republican Party, they said that basically the essence of conservatism is free trade. Uh, I I don't think that's true. You know, we trace our our political party back to Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln said that if you give me a tariff, I'll give you the greatest country in the world. The Republican Party was founded on tariffs. It doesn't mean we should only have uh, protection on trade and we should totally shut out the rest of the world. Nobody's ever said that. But it does mean that we need to take into account lots of other calculations beyond GDP. We've got to take into account the American worker, for one. We've got to take into account American loyalty for another, we've got to take into account our politics, our trading relationships, foreign policy. We've got to take into account a lot of things and you can't boil conservatism down to some silly ideological bullet point in a manifesto, particularly when the effect of that is to let very powerful organizations partner with people that want to destroy the country all in the pursuit of a cheap buck. Trump gets that. That's a deeply conservative insight, much more conservative than his critics. And it's not just all red meat, by the way. It's not just, this is one criticism that people make of Trump. They say, oh, Trump, he's a populist. So he just gives the mob whatever the mob wants to hear and then they'll cheer him on. Not so, not at all. Trump was asked, you you heard he was on Laura Ingram's show there. He was asked about uh, conservative vigilantes, you know, for instance, that, that kid, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse who went out and showed up to this left wing riot and was attacked and did defend himself. But does that mean that conservatives should go out and put themselves in a provocative situation where maybe they're gonna have to return the attacks of Antifa with some bullets? Trump says, far from it.
1: Do you want your supporters to confront the left-wing protesters? Or do you want to leave it to law enforcement? No, I don't want them. I want to leave it to law enforcement. But my supporters are wonderful, hardworking, tremendous people and they turn on their television set and they look at a Portland or they look at a Kenosha before I got involved and stopped it, or they look at Chicago where 78 people were shot last week and then numerous people died, uh, or they look at New York where violence is up by like, what, 150%, it's up by a number that nobody, and people are leaving. They're looking at all of this
0: and they can't believe it. That's right. Absolutely right, and I gotta tell you, I hate to say I told you so, I made this point on my show a day or two ago, and maybe I made it at the end of last week, and I caught some flack for it in the comments section because people were asking about this Kyle Rittenhouse case, this young right-wing guy who, who drove about 25 minutes, half an hour to the Kenosha riots, and he was cleaning things up, but he armed himself because obviously it was a provocative place, and then he gets attacked by Antifa, and he shoots three of them. Ryan he's a very good shot. He's a better shot than these Antifa and BLM people who were attacking him. Now he's arrested for murder. And uh, I, a lot of people are asking, well, what, how should we think of this? And I said, he obviously was acting in self-defense, but he made an imprudent decision and an unadvisable decision to go to the left wing riots. Conservatives basically should stay away from the left wing riots. They shouldn't put themselves in this kind of a provocative situation. We should take a lesson from Johnny Cash don't take your guns to town, son. Leave your guns at home, Bill. Don't take your guns to town. In part because of how stacked against you the entire liberal establishment and and specifically the liberal legal establishment will be and the media and this, this left wing cultural hegemony, I guess you would call it. Because of that, it is imprudent to go show up in a place where you're kind of looking for trouble. Even if you want to clean it up, even if you want to stand up to these guys, we have to allow the civil authority to take care of that. And if the civil authority isn't going to do that, then then I suppose we're in a state of all out anarchy. I don't think we're quite there yet. Obviously, it's a different situation if it's happening in your town, in your neighborhood, outside of your building. That's very different than getting in a car and driving 30 minutes away. Conservatives shouldn't be looking to confront these people. That's highly prudent advice. And by the way, prudence is another conservative principle that has been completely forgotten in our highly ideologized world where so-called conservatives say that we need to have a five bullet point manifesto and just follow that precisely with mathematical certainty. Well, James Madison says in the Federalist, nothing could be more foolish than to found your regime on perfectly arithmetical principles. There is a role for prudence, for good judgment. Saying I, I, remember, I actually loved when Trump said this in 2016. Trump was asked about the transgender bathroom issue because there, there had been laws being passed uh, saying that men should use the men's room, women should use the women's room. Makes perfect sense. Then the federal government came in and said, no, men need to be able to use the, the women's room. They need to be able to change with the little girls in the changing rooms. And Trump was asked, what's your policy on this? He said, hold on. We're talking about the very few people in this country who are men who think that they're women and they take hormones and maybe they've had a surgery to look more like—I don't know—what were they doing before? This was never a problem before. It seems like it was. Fi- it seems like you're inventing a problem. Let's maybe just keep it the way it was and not make a problem where there isn't one. That advice irritated left wingers. It also irritated conservatives who wanted some perfectly crisp policy. Trump brought forward a political virtue called prudence, much, much more conservative than some of his detractors like Romney or those other sorts of people. It's not just Trump though. There's another person who's much more conservative than his detractors. We'll get to that in a second. We'll get to Mr. Yeezy in a second. First though, I've got to thank all of you for going over to the Michael Null Show YouTube channel. We're now so close to 200,000 subscribers. We appreciate it. We love it when you subscribe to the Daily Wire YouTube channel. But much more importantly, much more important than giving Ben all those likes. Head on over to the Michael Knowles Show one. By the way, Daily Wire is now on Apple TV and Roku. So obviously you get the, the podcast on YouTube and Facebook and Spotify and all over the place, probably MySpace. But now you can get it on Apple TV and Roku. You can watch it on the big screen. You got to be an insider member, though, to watch it live. So head on over to dailywire.com Knowles. Use code WATCH at checkout, you'll get 15% off your membership purchase. The deal will not last long. We're just very excited that we're now on the big screen. So we want to make sure that as many people can get us there as, as, uh, as want to. So head on over You will uh, get, get to see the shows on the big screen. You'll get a one of a kind, highly coveted leftist tiers, Tumblr, dailywire.com slash Knowles, 15% off with code watch. We'll be right back with a lot more. I don't want to skip too quickly over this issue of prudence because I think a lot of conservatives don't even understand this. Burke, you know, that great conservative philosopher, he understood this prudence is really important, making a wise judgment. And sometimes it's not always neat and clean. Great example, Trump was being made fun of for this yesterday. They were calling him the soup Nazi, like from Seinfeld, because he was describing what these Antifa insurrectionists, what these BLM insurrectionists were doing. They're, you know, they're throwing Molotov cocktails. They're using bats. Some of them have guns. But there's one tactic that is actually pretty clever to evade capture. They're throwing cans of soup. Here's why.
1: And then they have cans of soup. Soup. And they throw the cans of soup. That's better than a brick because you can't throw a brick. It's too heavy. But a can of soup, you can really put some power into that, right? Yes, sir. And then when they get caught, they say, no, this is soup for my family. They're so innocent. This is soup for my family. Uh, It's incredible. And you have people coming over with bags of soup, big bags of soup, and they lay it on the ground and the anarchists take it and they start throwing it at our cops, at our police. And if it hits you, that's worse than a brick because it's got force. It's the perfect size. It's like made perfect. And when they get caught, they say, no, this is just soup for my family. And then the media says, this is just, soup. these people are very, very innocent. They're innocent people. These are just protesters. Isn't it wonderful to allow protesting? Now, and by the way, the media knows it better than we do. They know what's going on. I don't know what's wrong with them.
0: The media do know what's going on, but we don't have an independent media. We don't have, we don't even have separation of powers because we're actually just governed by the bureaucracy. Well, we certainly don't have an independent media. The media are simply the communications wing of of the Democratic Party, or you, you could call it more broadly the liberal establishment. Why is he talking about soup? He's talking about soup because this is a tactic that these thugs are using on the streets to evade precise laws. If they had... Uh, brass knuckles or something, they could just be arrested for having that weapon. If they were brandishing knives or if they were brandishing even baseball bats or something, they could be arrested for those weapons. But they have the soup so that the minute the cops say, wait a second, why are you, why do you have that soup cocked back like you're Kurt Schilling or something? They say, oh, I'm just getting ready to feed this to my family. You can't take this. You can't arrest me. It's a gray area to avoid breaking a law. And what Trump is saying is we need to use prudence. We need to realize what these people are actually doing, not the theory, I don't really care that much about the theory. We care about the practice, what's really going on. And conservatives, as a rule, should prefer what, what works in practice to merely what works in theory. You know another guy who's more conservative than Joe Biden or, or Jeff Flake, for that matter, or a lot of the people we were told were conservative before the last several years? Kanye West. Kanye West. who Oh, my gosh. When Kanye first kind of came onto the political scene, started saying political things, so how many sophisticated conservatives said, oh my gosh, stop it. Go away, Kanye. We don't want to hear from you. Oh, Kanye, oh, this is so embarrassing. We're fancy people. We go to think tanks and eat boxed lunches and we sip Chablis. We, we don't need to be listening from Kanye. How embarrassing. Well, guess what? Turns out Kanye West is more conservative than the vast majority of elected Republicans because he actually understands what, what the problem is and he's willing to go places that a lot of conservatives would not. So you remember Nick Cannon. He was that kind of ex-child star. I guess he's still on some TV shows or something. Nick Cannon made these comments a, a few weeks ago where he was, he was criticizing the Jews and he was calling white people animals and saying they didn't have souls and really toxic stuff. He almost got canceled for it, except because his racism was directed at white people and Jews, it didn't really stick. And I think he was able to keep most of his employment. So Kanye West decides to go on this show not to agree with Nick Cannon, but to show him issues with his political views and to, to try to bring him over to a more conservative point of view. And he focused in with brilliant precision on bl- Planned Parenthood. In 50 years, there's 20, there's been 22
1: million, over 22 million 500,000 black people aborted. Mm. Strategically, and on purpose, Planned Parenthood was set up and placed in minority communities to kill black people. You talking about uh, when Margaret Sanger, the originator of Planned Parenthood at the time, because a lot of people, when when you say things like that, to in their defense, they say, well, Planned Parenthood today is a different organization, but the but what you
0: here we go. <laughs> but Margaret what you cannot Sanger. deny is these facts that <laughs> Ye is about to give you right now.
1: Here we go. Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, was an avowed racist whose goal was to reduce the black population in America, and she succeeded. Eighty percent of abortion clinics in America are. Are in minority neighborhoods. Over twenty-two million five hundred
0: thousand Black babies have been aborted in fifty years. So those numbers are undeniable. Statistics, I guess. Sometimes we can use statistics when they when they serve our purposes. But we should be we should be careful about statistics because statistics get manipulated by social scientists. But those numbers are hard to deny. We, we do know the number of babies who have been killed. We do know that Planned Parenthood was strategically placed in minority neighborhoods. We do know that Margaret Sanger was a racist. You know, obviously that word now has kind of lost all meaning, but whatever meaning it once had, certainly she qualifies. Uh, There's a quote that goes around all the time from Margaret Sanger that says, we don't want word to go out that we want to exterminate the Negro population. And what the left responds to that is they'll say, oh, she was, she was being ironic in a letter that she was writing to someone. Uh, And there, I guess there's some validity to that. There, there, she may have been denying that even in her quote, but you don't just need to read that quote. Read Woman in the New Race, read all of her other writings. She was an avowed eugenicist who viewed certain undesirable populations as being subhuman and she wanted to eradicate them. And that included what she viewed to be lesser races. And that included people who had mental problems, who she suggested be snuffed out through abortion. All of that is undeniable. And the left obviously doesn't want to talk about it. Many people on the right don't want to talk about it. You know, fancy conservatives. Kanye West is willing to talk about it. Who's more conservative, Jeff Flake or Kanye West? Kanye. Kanye is. Kanye West is, even though he's got a lot of kooky things that he says, he's more conservative than I would estimate 70% of elected Republicans in the country. And he's willing to go out and use some cultural power, like another president that we have who happened to be a TV star and a cultural icon, like going over and talking to Nick Cannon, another former TV star, another cultural figure, willing to engage on that level. That's a very conservative thing to do. And what's the alternative? What's the alternative? You know, we've been joking about all the conspiracy theories going around the internet. Trump was asked about this. They said, do you believe in these conspiracy theories? He said, what conspiracy theory? He goes, the theory is that there's a satanic group of pedophiles, cannibals, that are trying to destroy the country. I thought, like, well, satanic, uh, let's see, the left is uh, burning down churches and uh, pedophiles. I, I just saw a photo of Bill Clinton hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein getting a massage and cannibals. I saw Reza Aslan eat human brains on CNN. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, it sounds, I don't, is that a conspiracy theory? I can name all the people who are doing those things. In any case, you look at these little blips, right? The, Je- the Epstein thing was one where you thought, gosh, this pedophile thing is a little weird. Then you look at that, that show that just went on Netflix, this movie called Cuties, which talked about how an 11-year-old discovers her love of twerking and decides to, to break up with her family because her family's too traditional and she wants to go twerk with her other preteen friends. I think that's weird. A very sexualized poster. Now, in the state of California, the left wants to legalize pederasty. Pederasty. Sexual relations between grown men and young boys. They want to legalize it. I know that sounds impossible, but it's real. It's called SB 145. And it just passed, by the way. It just It's not even like it was some random pervert who, who just proposed it and it was shot down. The 40 member state Senate in California by a vote of 23 to 10 just passed SB 145, which was a bill introduced by California state Senator Scott Wiener. Uh, We have to stop electing people named Wiener. They, they They always live up to the silliness of their name. Scott Wiener is from San Francisco. You'll be surprised. Under SB 145, if a... If an adult has gay sex with a minor 14 years or older, and that adult is 10 years, is less than 10 years older than the person, a judge will have the discretion on whether or not to uh, place the individual on the sex offender registry. So to put that in an example, you have a 23-year-old guy who has sex with a 14-year-old boy. That is not necessarily a sex crime that person will not necessarily be put on the sex offender registry. There might be some other smaller punishments, but to actually register as a sex offender, no longer have to do that. That's weird. Why why are we, why? Why is that a a bill? That's creepy and perverted and weird and, and obviously deeply wrong. How on earth did that get through the California State Senate? Voting for the party as Jeff Flake suggests we do, voting for the party that is now actively pushing to legalize pederasty. Is that conservative? I guess it's conservative in the sense that it harkens all the way back to ancient Greece, harkens back to, you know, ancient Athens and Socrates and things like that. But that's a little too conservative for me. Okay, if we're just looking at timescales here, I'd rather stick maybe around 1776 is okay in the American tradition. That's some radical stuff though. And you're not going to hear about that in the mainstream media. But that is the extent of it. I'll give you, I'll give you one more example before we go. This one, I guess it's not as creepy as, as the pederasty thing in California, but it's, it's in some ways even more radical. A commission that was just created by the mayor of Washington, DC has recommended changes to a ton of public buildings and monuments. They want to remove Thomas Jefferson's name from federal buildings, but that, that's not even the most ridiculous one. They want to remove the Washington Monument the Washington Monument from Washington, D.C., named after the father of our country. This established by the mayor of Washington, D.C., which, by the way, is a ridiculous office that should not exist. The District of Columbia is a federal district. It's not a state. It's not some separate territory that's not under the control of the federal government. It's under the control of the federal government. It should be governed by the federal government. They should not have votes in Washington, D.C. They should not have a representative in Washington, D.C. It's not a state. It's a federal district. There should not be a mayor of Washington, D.C. It's the nation's capital. It's our place. I I, I don't think we should defer on government to the residents of Washington, D.C. Probably there shouldn't be permanent residents of Washington, D.C. They should live in Maryland or Virginia from which we get Washington, D.C. Now you've got the mayor of our national capital trying to tear down our singular national monument. That's pretty radical. That's pretty radical. And you know, how did they arrive at this? Well, they they took a survey, did a town hall, they had meetings with residents. And the committee said, this committee in Washington, D.C., said that 80% of Washington residents support a push to, quote, Remove or rename assets where the namesake's legacy was inconsistent with or did not align with the district's core values of equity, opportunity, and prosperity. Another great example of lies, damned lies, and statistics. The word statistics comes from the word of the state, right? This is an invention of progressives who want more and more state, statist power, which is why, generally speaking, we should ignore statistics. But the survey was done of Washington, D.C. residents. I don't care what Washington, D.C. residents think. I don't care. It's not, it's not their district. It's all of our district. It's, the, it's a federal district that represents the entire country. And now they want to tear down the Washington Monument. Washington, D.C. Mayor, you'll be shocked to find out, is a Democrat. Jeff Flakes says, ah, these Democrats, they're more conservative than Donald Trump. Are they? Is, that, is, is tearing down the Washington Monument conservative? A bunch of fake conservatives seem to think so. And if they're wrong on that, if they're wrong on so central a question, what else have they been wrong about? Maybe it's time to rethink conservatism. Hopefully we can rethink it before they tear down the Washington Monument. That's our show on Michael Knowles. This is the Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive Producer, Jeremy Boring. Our Technical Director is Austin Stevens. Supervising Producers, Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Assistant Director, Pavel Wadowski, Editor and Associate Producer, Danny D'Amico. Audio Mixer. Robin Fenderson, Hair and Makeup, Nika Geneva, and production assistant, Ryan Love. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020.
1: Hey everyone, it's Andrew Claven, host of the Andrew Claven Show. Donald Trump says Joe Biden and the leftist rioters around the country are being funded by people in the dark shadows. People in the dark shadows say that's a conspiracy theory. Who are those guys in the dark shadows? Plus, we have the mostly peaceful mailbag wisdom that will
0: burn your city to the ground on The Andrew Clavin Show. I'm Andrew Clavin.